It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Chief. Here's your host, Matt Derry. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and joining us here on Wired. It is the Pistons podcast for a May 23rd into May 24th. Thank you for listening and joining us here as we bring you some weekly news on your favorite basketball team, the Detroit Pistons. Again, this is Matt Derry, and we are brought to you by our friends, At Jeep, NBA Draft Combine. The Draft Combine is done and complete. And we'll recap it with Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu, SI.com, NBA Draft Analyst. will join me in a couple of minutes. We'll break down where the Pistons sit at 15, what players are there. Get some of his thoughts on some of the players who have trotted up to the Palace of Auburn Hills practice facility for workouts with the Pistons. And we know that Detroit... Did have many of a con- many a conversation with players uh, in Chicago at the combine. We are getting ready. We are getting ready for the draft, which is just less than a month away. On June twentieth, the Pistons pick fifteenth in the first round, number forty-five overall in the second round. But some news of the day, and I think something that is pretty important before we get Jeremy on to talk some draft, is that today, for the first time. Since the 2015-2016 season, a Detroit Piston has made an all-NBA team. The league announced today that Blake Griffin, to no one's surprise, was named to the 2018-2019 all-NBA third team. It's the fifth time that Blake has won an all-NBA honor, the first time as a member of the Pistons. you got to go back to 15-16 when Andre Drummond uh, was a member of the all-NBA third team as well. This is a big this is not a big surprise. This is so well deserved it's not even funny. Blake Griffin was an all-star this year. Blake Griffin averaged 24 and a half points per game, seven and a half rebounds, a team high five and a half assists, played 75 out of 82 games. And we know about Blake's injury history. It's not something that we could sidestep. But you know, he became the first player in franchise history to average at least 24, 7, and 5. He was one of three NBA players this season to post those numbers, the other two being Giannis of the Bucks, and the L.A. Lakers' is LeBron James. Uh, Griffin was uh, ranked 12th in the NBA in scoring, 6th in the Eastern Conference in scoring, His 35 minutes per game was tied for 7th among NBA players. The All-NBA third team consisted of Blake, LeBron James, and Rudy Gobert up front, Russell Westbrook, and Kemba Walker from the Charlotte Hornets in the backcourt. Guys, this is a big deal. And I understand it's All-NBA teams and it's May and people are like, whatever. No, Blake Griffin being recognized by the broadcasters, the sports writers, everybody that voted... This is so well-deserved because it was a trying season at the end for Blake in terms of, uh, you know, the leg and everything else and, and the fact that he was trying his best with that giant knee brace on to gut his way through that first-round playoff series against Milwaukee. And to get some recognition, to be on the NBA All-Third team is pretty cool because He's changed the culture a bit. He's changed the perception of the team based on it's been leaderless. It hasn't had a veteran that's wanted to be there. Oh, Blake Griffin will fly in from L.A. when he got traded, or he won't want to stay. And he's rallied the team. And the Pistons still have a long ways to go. We know that. And, yes, they did knock down one of their barriers this year in making the playoffs. And now, albeit they got swept, but regardless, he's being recognized. This means that the Pistons do have a superstar. 
Is he in the prime of his career? Is he dunking the basketball and jumping over cars like he used to? No. But to make the NBA's all-third team and to be on a list with guys like Russ and Kemba and Bron Bron and, you know, the Gobert report, Rudy Gobert, it's pretty cool. So props certainly to Blake Griffin, and I think it's something that needs to be mentioned. He deserves a lot of credit and a lot of love for the season that he had. And you hope that he stays healthy and continues to push this team to better heights in the 2019-2020 campaign. So congratulations to Blake Griffin making the NBA's all-NBA all third team as voted by the writers and NBA broadcasters. All right, draft. As far as it's concerned, we're hopefully on this podcast in the next couple of weeks going to talk to Ed Stefanski, senior advisor for Pistons owner Tom Gorison, sort of the pseudo-man in charge uh, running the front office. Pistons have been trotting in a lot of guys to work out up at the Auburn Hills practice facility. They talked to many people in Chicago, and we're going to get Jeremy Wu on in a second. The one thing I just want to caution Pistons fans about, and this is just my opinion, is that this does appear to be a three- or four-player draft where everybody knows that Zion Williamson, John Morant, R.J. Barrett, and possibly Darius Garland, who many of you have not heard of from Vanderbilt, those are going to be your top four players. After that, it's going to be a crapshoot. So we know about the past. We know about the mid-round picks, mid-first-round picks that have not worked out. We know all about Henry Ellenson. We could go on and on. But the Pistons need to find that hidden gem at 15. And this draft might be the draft where if somebody slides, some luck will finally be on Detroit's side. But to sit here and say, this guy should go at 15, that guy should go at 15, it's way too early for that. And there just aren't a lot of guys that you know are going to be sure things and helping the team maybe for two, three seasons. All right, as promised, let's bring in Jeremy Wu from SI.com, NBA draft analyst, has uh, covered the draft for a long time, gives us a couple minutes here as he's back from Chicago and, of course, the draft combine. Jeremy, thanks so much. Of course. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, where do you look at Detroit? Where do you view Detroit at 15 in terms of this particular draft and, and what they can come away with? Yeah, uh, you know, the Pistons, I think, are in a position where I would guess someone they like will will make it there. Um, you know they're not picking from the, you know the top ten, you know top group. But uh, I think the general feeling is sort of the talent curve kind of flattens out a little bit. You can get a good player. You know I think you know any, really anywhere in the first round if you're you know smart and you find someone who's a fit. Uh, so I, I don't think it's a bad spot necessarily to be in. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously looking at the roster, you know, they could use more help on the wing. Uh, you know, they you know, are committed up front, you know, financially with, uh, with Blake and Andre Drummond. So uh, I, I think you should probably look for them to, you know, use the draft to add shooting or, you know, a bigger wing player. Uh, I think if I were drafting for them, that's what I'd be looking for. Take take me through the process. You think of of what Ed Stefanski, Malik Rose, and the in the front office is thinking when you get to fifteen. I know you mocked Romeo Langford from Indiana there at fifteen. Some others have done the same. Um, but you know, do they view this? And do you think teams view this in terms of the middle middle of the first round as as it being strong or weak? And a guy like Langford who didn't light it up in Indiana, which everybody thought he would. So are you viewing the 15th pick this year as, as maybe being more of a developmental guy? 
Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's more likely that they're taking somebody who's maybe a year away from contributing. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, generally that's how the first round tends to go now. So, you know, if you have a first round contract to hand out, you know, you have the, you know, multiple years of team control, you know, you'd, you'd like to have it be someone who you have, you know, some upside and you can develop that person. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's probably more likely, you know, in terms of instant impact guys, I don't know if there's a guy there who's going to, you know, set the world on fire right away. But, you know, maybe someone falls to them. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy that, like, a Nasir Little could make it to 15. I think he'd be a, a fit, uh, you know, for what they're doing. Uh, you know, I put Langford there. I don't know if that's the guy they could take. But, you know, he, he's someone who I personally don't love as much, but I, I think you can make a case for, uh, you know, for him at that spot. Um, just looking at what they need. So I, I think there's probably a little bit of a misconception right now that there's oh, a three-player draft. You know, I mean, every year, every draft, you look, and there are guys who all over the draft end up helping the te- their teams and turning in value. And it's really just about, you know, being thorough, uh, you know, identifying what it is you need. And then, you know, I, I think if you talk to 10 people, you know, there's going to be 10 different versions of, you know, the first round, right? I mean, it's maybe less consensus this year. I think we can say that in terms of, uh, you know, talent. So, uh, you know, at 15, you're not in the lottery. You, you're going to dip down to that next group of guys. As long as you get a guy who you're comfortable with and you think is really going to help uh, and you do that correctly, you know, I think it's uh, not a bad spot to be in. Jeremy Wu, SI.com, covers the NBA draft. Uh, all right, so we mentioned Romeo. You said you're not in love with him. You know, look, I think everybody thought when he was going to IU, he'd be one and done, probably a lottery pick. Now it doesn't look like it. What, 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 I guess what went wrong for him in round in his, in his one year at IU? And, but is this salvageable for him? He's still so very young. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think sometimes with these guys who come into college with a lot of hype, uh, there's probably on some level a failure to sort of, it's not as it sounds like nitpicking, but really it's just to, you know, critically talk about, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of these guys. And that's just sort of the nature of, you know, how things work a lot of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, coming out of high school, there were some questions about his three-point shooting. Uh, you know, I know he played with the hand injury all year, but I think the questions were, you know, take back to, you know, they predate that. So, you know, I, I think I'm concerned about his three-point shooting, uh, the biggest thing that really concerned me watching him too is just sort of how you know I evaluated him live a couple of times this year, and, and you know he he's a guy who really only is comfortable going right. You know when he goes left, he pulls up and goes to the jumper, which isn't really reliable. Uh, I think he really needs to sort of expand, uh, you know, his game playing off the dribble. Obviously, uh, a good athletic profile. He's tall. He's long. He's going to be able to, you know, if he wants to be a good defender, he should be able to be a good defender. Um, you know, certainly there's some floor where as long as he, you know, puts in the work, he'll be able to help. Uh, but I, I think it is fair to question if we talk about offensively, you know, where his ceiling is relative to where we thought it would be. And I think that to, to me, that is what concerns me. Jeremy, anybody in Chicago that maybe moved their way up to that 15 vicinity? And is there anybody, like you said, with Nasir Little that, that maybe moved down that maybe you thought, all right, seven, eight, and then you got left Chicago and maybe you said, eh, maybe more like in the teens. You know, it's tricky to say just because so few of these top guys even play at the Combine. Uh, you know, I, I can't say that there's anyone who, who, honestly, who played in the scrimmage who necessarily would have played well enough to go that high in the draft. I mean, you know, anyone who's, I would say most of the guys who are in the mix for, for these picks didn't play. Uh, and, you know, in terms of interviews, you know, I, I'm not in there, so I can't tell you, uh, you know, who necessarily 
uh, helped or hurt themselves or who fell or whatever. But it, you know, the truth is, it's, it's very fluid. Um, so, you know, as far as that goes, I'm not sure what the answer would be. Um, but I think it was definitely a, a big week just, you know, for them to be able to sit down and, you know, get a feel for these guys as people. Uh, I think that always matters. Matt Derry on Pistons Wired, brought to you by Jeep. Our guest is Jeremy Wu from SI.com, uh, SI NBA draft analyst. Uh, check out his stuff online and go to Twitter at Jeremy Wu. All right, the Pistons have worked out a bunch of guys, mostly second-rounders so far, but uh, a couple of names that could be first-round guys, uh, KZ Akpala, uh, we mentioned Romeo, uh, P.J. Washington from Kentucky. Anything? Anybody stand out to you there in that, in that list? Yeah, I think Akpala would be an interesting fit uh, for sure uh, for Detroit. I, I think, again, talking about you know having the need for a uh, you know a bigger wing player. Uh, so you know, certainly he's still a little bit raw offensively. He probably will not be ready to help them a lot next year. But he's a guy you know he's grown. Uh, you know he could be legitimately uh, you know a positive contributor down the line. Um, you know I love they loved him at Stanford. You know, he's a smart guy. He got into Stanford on his own <laughs> with grades. Uh, you know, he didn't have help. Uh, you know, he uh, you know he works hard, and I think it's just a matter of you know, he's a guy who grew late too. And sometimes when you see these guys who are you know have these growth spurts in their teams, it takes a little bit of time to adjust to their body. So I think uh, you know, as long as Paula puts the work in, you know, he's somebody who I think could help Detroit uh, if they're willing to be patient. Uh, you know, he can shoot a little bit, he can handle a little bit. You know, he was playing point guard when he was younger, and now he's six nine, six ten. So. Uh, someone who intrigues me for sure, although if you're talking about production, it wasn't necessarily there, right? He's the guy you're projecting for. Another Pac-12 guy, we had Rashad Phillips on last week on the pod, and he loves Jalen Hands from UCLA. Uh, not a lot. Rashad loves him. Not a lot of people love him, maybe as high as 15. What, what's your take on, on the point guard from UCLA? Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure if he even is going to get drafted, uh, just you know, based on what we've seen from him. Um, I, I'm a little bit I've always been a little bit skeptical with him. You know, you came into last year with some, again, a guy who had some hype coming out of high school, but you, know, you see him out there and you see him at the combine, and it's just evident that his decision-making uh, has not caught up to the point where you can really trust him as a point guard. Uh, I think, you know, if you're going to take hands, it's going to be second round, and or, you know, you sign him on an undrafted deal. And, you know, he's certainly he's someone who, you now he has stretches where if you watch, there'll be, you know, three or four minutes in a row where the guy doesn't miss. You know, he can hit tough shots. I mean, there's definitely some ability there, but just he's not very big, and the the natural feel for playing point guard is not, you know, there at this stage. Uh, you know, does that mean it would be a waste of uh, Exhibit 10 contract? No. Uh, but I think, you know, he's someone who's looking at G League time next year. Wow. Uh, second round, Fletcher McGee, Kai Bowman, guys like that. Um, uh, Nas Reed, I don't know if he'd be there at 45 for Detroit, but obviously when you get to the second round, and the Pistons did pretty well in round two last year with Kyrie Thomas and Bruce Brown, both played uh, this year, which is rare. Uh, you're looking, They're probably looking for a shooter. What, what's your take on some of those guys that the Pistons have talked to? Um, let's see. Um I'm looking at 45. Um, I mean, yeah, Nazari, I don't know if he gets to 45. I think he would be a good value there just because, you know, at, at some point it's worth, uh, you know, taking a chance. Uh, who, who are some of the other guys they've, they've talked to? I'm sorry, Fletcher McGee, Kai Bowman, some shooters. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Bowman is a guy who I think you're looking at as a backup, backup point guard uh, who I think, you know, will have a chance to be pretty good. Uh, Fletcher McGee, you're probably looking at as more of an undrafted type. I don't think you'll have to take him at 45 necessarily to 
get him. Uh, you know, McGee, there's going to be some obstacles to overcome just with his body type. He's not very big. Uh, but, you know, I was watching him at Portsmouth, and he, you know, he tried potentially. Yeah, I don't think he has no chance, but he's just such a unique player, for better or worse. Um, but he can really shoot. Um, I think if you're looking at shooting at 45, like a guy like Zach Norvell might be on the board. Uh, Admiral Schofield, uh, you know, those types of guys might be in play at 45. Um, what for sure? What about Lewis King from Oregon? He visited Detroit a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some have had him late first, early second. Some have had him, you know, in, in the 30s or 40s. What's your take on Lewis King? Yeah, King has a little bit of a wide range. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes in the 20s. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets, you know, to. In the 30s, uh, might if I had to bet, he's probably gone before 45. But you know, it's not crazy that he might get there. Um, you know, certainly he looks the part. You know, he can shoot. Uh, you know, he's coming off that injury uh, this year. Did better as the year went on. I think you know, the further removed he gets from from that, uh, the better he'll look. Um, but also a guy who, you know, he's a freshman, but he's already 20, so he's older for you know for his class. And uh, you know, someone who I think teams are a little bit split on. Jeremy, in listening to you, and, I, and I'm, I'm enjoying this, it does sound like a three-player three draft. It sounds like you could throw all these guys when we get to like from 10 all the way to 50 into a into a hat. This is this has got to be crazy to kind of diagnose, huh? Yeah, you know, I think that's just sort of the nature of it. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be good players who you can find. Uh, you know, in the, in the middle of the draft, there always are. Uh, you know, I'm not as down on the trap as maybe I was, honestly, like two months ago. You know, just the more I look at it, you know, I think they're going to be guys who turn out pretty well. But, uh, you know, it, it just sometimes it is. I, I agree with you. You know, it is a little bit hard to parse just because uh, there's a lot of variance of opinion. Um, so, you know, we still got, you know, three weeks. Uh, and so we'll have a better sense. And I think right now there's sort of a feel for ranges with guys. But I, I think the biggest thing you keep coming back to is you talking to teams, and uh, there's just not a lot of confidence in terms of you know safely saying you know this guy is going to be this right. You know, there's a lot of guys who have a chance to be pretty good, but uh, you know again it's anyone's guess sometimes. Um, and that's I guess that's part of the draft, right? I mean we we don't know what the outcome is going to be all the time. What's your take on some of these Michigan guys? I know the Pistons uh, had Iggy Brazdakis here for a workout. They did talk at the combine with Jordan Poole. They need shooting. Obviously, Iggy's jumper not as maybe as as splashy as as Pools, but what about a fit for Detroit with either of those guys? And what are your what your what are your thoughts on them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are both you know both Iggy and Pool. I think are guys who I think there's a pretty good chance they'll be available to them at 45. Um, I, I think you know if we're talking about shooting. I mean, those are two good pretty good options. Uh, you know, with with Iggy. I think the bigger thing is just defensively, what is he going to give you? You know, we know he plays hard. We know he's tough. And, you know, I, I saw Michigan live probably like eight, eight times this season, which is, is kind of crazy. That's just how my schedule fell. <laughs> so I see a lot of them. And, uh, you know, I don't think he'd be a bad fit. I think he has a chance to be a useful role player. You know, I, I trust his shot. Uh, you know, he, he has to get a little bit better in terms of passing. And then, again, defensively, I don't know necessarily what you do with him. But, again, if you're talking about second-round picks, then everyone's going to have holes, right? Uh, and then with, with Poole, I think teams, he's another guy who I think teams hope would have played at the combine, uh, Poole, and he, he chose to sit out. He, if it were me, I would have told him to play. Um, I think there's a chance he might have hurt himself by not playing just because, you know, if he comes out and shoots it well, you know, you can kind of prove something. And I don't know if he's squarely in the first round to where, you know, he can really do that. But, again, you know, he's young. 
has some skill, has shown he can hit tough shots, has just not necessarily done it on a consistent enough level uh, for some teams right now. But again, I think if you're Detroit and you're picking up 45 and you're like, you know, we want someone we can try to develop, uh, you know, I don't think he's a bad choice. Jeremy, really appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, uh, we'll do it again. Appreciate it. Thanks. There is Jeremy Wu from SI.com, NBA draft analyst and expert. Check him out on Twitter, at Jeremy Wu. That's W-O-O. We appreciate him giving us a couple of minutes here on Pistons Wired. Another week's, uh, week in the books, as we talked about. We'll get Ed Stefanski on here in the next couple of weeks and continue to preview the draft. As we do this weekly podcast for you on Pistons.com and wherever you get your podcasts, my name is Matt Derry. We are presented to you by Jeep, and we'll talk to you again next week.